0: Welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Addis. My second hour First Five. You know, this is a short segment, so I try to run through a bunch of stories. I want to hit California first. I'm going to get to Dinesh D'Souza. I can't wait to talk about that story. And I've met him a few times, really like the guy. I've had him on my show. Uh, anyway, just a great guy. But I want to hit some things about California. This coming week is the California primary. And, you know, we uh, in Texas had our primary. We have them in March. It's already over. But California has an amazing primary coming up on June 5th. And I'm going to start. And if you don't know about the deal in California, the uh, way they do primaries, unlike other states where you have a Democrat primary and a Republican primary, and you may have libertarian or communist, whatever parties you have, but every party has a primary. But in California, because a Democrat left-wing uh, party out there has so much control they made their system years ago so that when you vote out there for in a primary you don't it isn't like the republicans get to pick their favorite candidate from among the, the primaries and and the democrats get to pick theirs there's just you vote And then the top two vote getters become your candidates for that office. And the Democrats did this because it effectively precludes Republicans in many races from having anyone to vote for. This is talk about solidifying totalitarian rule, left wing mindset, Democrat Party. We can shut down the opponents. We can make it impossible for them to even have a candidate. This is what was called by one writer, the jungle primary that they have the jungle primary mode. So in California, primaries are coming up. Uh, A big one is for governor and which is the really great news out of California is that it appears in the primary for the first time in many years that. They're going to end up the top two vote getters in the Republican primary for governor of California. There's actually going to be a Republican. There's a Democrat, Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom appears headed to victory in this primary. In this Berkeley poll, he's way ahead at 33%. But there's a Republican in the race, John Cox, who appears to be likely to win second place, which will mean. The voters in California going to the polls this fall will have a choice between a Democrat and a Republican governor. Honestly, you think about what communists do, you know, how they just take total control. And then the people of the communist countries is Cuba, North Korea, China. They, the people have no choice. This is what the California Democrats did to their state. They made it almost impossible to get a Republican on the ballot once they had a, uh, a significant majority of the state. So that's the first thing. There's at least a Republican on the ballot. Pretty darn cool. Second thing happening in California is in California, there are you know, it's a huge state, of course. They, they're they going to have a problem in the fall because or not this election cycle, but going forward after because the census is changing. The census questions are changing so that a person, uh, they don't get to count on the census as someone living in California if you're illegal or you have to Enter it in in the census; they're illegal. So California may have a significant reduction in the number of people that are counted in the census for the purpose of choosing and and, uh, recounting how many uh, members of Congress you get, how many you're I mean, it just will change a lot. But also in California, even right now for this year, um, the Republicans only hold fourteen of the fifty-three U.S. House seats. In, in California, so Republicans at they have little areas where they have enough Republicans to get a Republican in, but things are going so badly in california financially i 'm going to tell you about that more in a second that they actually have the possibility in three key districts in Orange county, you know a just lock this is a a kind of a conservative island in the middle of the craze of California. That key, three key districts in Orange County, Democrats risk being shut out of the general election because of that jungle primary rule they created. You may have two Republicans and the Democrats have no one to vote for. But the larger point I want to say about California is this. California is waking up. Certain portions of California waking up to the lunacy that is leftism, to the lunacy of the Democrat Party's policies of everything's free, nothing should cost anything, the government can pay for everything, let's just vote yes on more. So let me just tell you that California, just a little bit of information, California is $1.5 trillion, trillion, T as in uh, tree, $1.5 trillion in debt, they have a 258 Billion, B as in boy, billion unfunded liability in their pension funds, $258 billion. And the goofballs out there, the um, Democrats have come up with a proposal that is, uh, relates to um, providing free health care for um, everybody, for illegal aliens. And which they, they have tagged at a $3 billion annual fund, an uh, annual cost, $3 billion annual cost. And so the California voters, and they're starting to have more Californians saying, wait a minute, why do we have to have sanctuary cities again? Why do we have to, why don't we cooperate with immigration? Why don't we cooperate with ICE? Why do we have to keep paying for all this, uh, the costs of related illegal aliens? So California is facing a time when the people are waking up to reality to actual that that you can't actually have you know that there is no such thing as a free lunch so california we're going to be watching this in this show uh throughout this year because california may be discovering a little bit of economic reality taking place and just maybe have a republican governor maybe have some republican seats in the u.s house from california we come back we have a guest coming up joining us i cannot wait to have her on uh, She is going to talk to us about north korea don't go away You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org.
1: The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. Visit armyscholarshipfoundation.org and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dreams. Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you to our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit armyscholarshipfoundation.org and get involved today.
2: If you want to get at the issues that really matter for women and men, go to iwf.org. That's IWF.org. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security.
0: And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie George Addis. You know, I got kind of wound up about this story about California and how the dynamics are shifting a little bit in their political scene and they have uh, potential for some Republican victories out there this fall. So we're going to watch closely the primary this coming Tuesday. But I got carried away, did not have chance to adequately introduce our guest who is joining us this segment. And she's, I think, joining one other time on the show. Her name is Claudia Rosette, she is extremely uh, well-respected throughout Washington. She's uh, currently with the Independent Women's Forum. She's a fellow with the Independent Women's Forum, but she's a, for- she's a former staffer with the Wall Street Journal. Um, she's been written a foreign affairs column for Forbes. She won an award and the Overseas Press Award, Press Club Citation for Excellence, relaying to her on-the-scene reporting of the Tiananmen Square protests of 1980 And uh, she's also broke the full story of North Korean labor camps in the Russian Far East. So, just telling you, this is a fabulous and wonderful thing to have her joining us tonight. And I believe we have her online. Hi, Claudia.
3: Hi, really glad to be here. Thank you for that introduction.
0: You're so welcome. Well, I uh, mentioned in uh, in trying to contact you your piece in the Wall Street Journal this past week called. Only Freedom Can Disarm Kim, referring to Kim Jong-un, the um, dictatorial leader of North Korea, um, was really a, a strong, strong piece uh, in anticipation of President Trump's up- apparent upcoming um, summit with uh, Kim Jong-un. And I, among them, and so I, I just thought it was a brilliant piece, and everyone listening, it's posted on AmericaCanWeTalk.org. You should go uh, read it yourself. But what I was really impressed by was you were really taking the position— or I should back up. People, I think, feel like, wow, President Trump finally got Kim Jong un to come and talk. We should you know, tread slowly and carefully. And you had a pretty firm tone, or, or kind of, I, I read it as a very firm tone about the way President Trump should approach and the things he should demand of Kim Jong un. So I'd love to have you tell our listeners your thoughts.
3: Yeah, sure. I mean, look, the basic problem with North Korea. Uh, it didn't start with nuclear weapons. It started with an incredibly brutal, controlling regime. It's a totalitarian regime. And it's become sort of an interesting totalitarian dynasty, from grandpa, the founding tyrant, Kim Il-sung, to the son, uh, Kim Jong-il, to the grandson, who is now the tyrant, Kim Jong-un. And the, this is the, – the argument I was making – is that, well, you could certainly argue that North Korea's regime has to go on grounds of human rights alone. I mean, it is the most repressive tyranny on the planet, and the stories that come out of there are just beyond horrible. Uh, Everything is controlled. What you're allowed to be seen as thinking, as well as what you do. It's not just a matter of the media. It's a matter of surveillance units in every level of society. But what I was arguing is that even if you set aside the human rights issue per se, uh, this system is the basic reason that every nuclear deal with North Korea has failed. The reason being, Kim Jong, the Kims, father Kim Jong Il, and son, now the son, have no real domestic uh, opposition and pressure. They have none actually uh, that would compel them to take into account. Sort of the interest of all 25 million North Koreans. They are. This is a system that exalts as the most important thing and the only really important thing, the supreme leader. That would be Kim Jong Un, since he took power when his father died in late 2011, and everything else is there to serve that and him. And so this sort of discussion of well, let's give you know all sorts of nice economic benefits to ordinary North Koreans and make the country prosperous. That, first of all, that would be very hard to do because Kim controls everything. It's not like dealing with an open society. Second, Kim doesn't really have that as an incentive. Uh, There's nothing in his behavior to suggest that he genuinely cares what the people living under him think. Yeah, he has to contend with certain realities that he can't get away from. Uh, We all do, but but eh, any human being does, but basically... The United, when the United States makes a deal, an international deal, our presidents are under enormous pressure to stick with it, okay? I mean, you looked at the discussion and so on that went on uh, before President Trump pulled out of the Iran nuclear deal, and in that case, that was never submitted as a treaty to the Senate, okay? It was never properly enshrined through our process. But even that took some doing to get out of. Uh, it's very hard to – our leaders are constrained by law, which is basically a really good thing. But, <laughs> yes. but that's that's how democracy works. It's excellent. However, when it comes to dealing – make cutting deals with North Korea, with a totalitarian state led by a supreme ruler, uh, they have the great advantage that no matter what deal they agree to, no matter what promise they make, they can start – they can cheat the next day. They can walk away from it, renege, renegotiate – I uh, claim things that we never agreed to and there's nothing back home to really stop them they don't have some opposition newspaper saying hey wait a minute you know there was a treaty here where the deal made wherever we were all supposed to get these great benefits from the United States there's no voice like that because there is not a single opposition or private or independent news outlet of any kind in North Korea not TV, not the Internet, not print, not anything. It's dangerous to just discuss these things at home. So you have, and that's exactly how these deals have one after another failed. You can point to the agreement in 1992 that there would be no nuclear weapons on the Korean Peninsula when the United States took its nuclear weapons out of South Korea. Uh, And North Korea then carried on making its own in 1994, 2005, 2007, and a missile deal in 2012. They always collapse. We have no way to monitor, verify, and enforce unless we actually take the step of using military force, which every president since Harry Truman in the Korean War has decided not to do. So we're at a dreadful disadvantage, and when we deal with this system that Kim Jong Un presides over, and what I was saying in the, my piece in the Wall Street Journal on Friday, is the only there's a huge concession that Kim has to make before we could think, begin to treat as credible anything that he might offer, and that is that he's got to open up his country. He has, to, and the strong suggestion I made was start with the political prison camps where they have some estimated 100,000, 120,000 political prisoners uh, who live in conditions that are like those in Stalin's gulag. They're starved to death, tortured, worked to death, executed. I mean, these are horrible closed places. In fact, the one I suggested that Kim could begin with, if we want something that actually would mean something, would say, yes, there is some change in character coming to this regime, Uh, There is one of these political prison camps just a few miles from the underground nuclear test site where they had the North Korea made that big show last week of blowing it up. Uh, Although it's debatable whether it was was a Potemkin show all around, whether the site was past its useful life, whether the demolition could be easily dug out again. But just up the road was a political prison camp where with some 20,000 inmates, where there are reports, unconfirmed but very credible, cited by the State Department, that construction crews are sent, that work, prisoners are sent from these, have been sent from these camps to work at the underground nuclear test site. Think about that for a minute. Okay. Sending, effectively, slave labor to work at a North Korean nuclear test site. That's what this regime is.
0: Yeah, it's almost impossible to contemplate. I can't believe how fast this 11 minutes is racing by. We only have another minute and a half. So your basic idea, I want to ask you if it's correct. So we are talking about this as a negotiation with North Korea to deal with their attempt to make them new nu- to disarm or stop the nuclear uh, weapons program. But you're saying to even get to that point, to have a, a deal that means anything. We have to insist he ends. I mean, some of the quotes from your article and the, the totalitarian regime and the system of surveillance free. I mean, are you saying these need to be conditions to get into a deal with him or else there's no point in a deal at all?
3: I think so. I mean, we have, that's what we really have to see. Now, there could be a deal cut. We've cut a whole series of deals, that list I just gave. The problem is for any deal that would actually work. For To avoid yet another round in which North Korea agrees... Cheats and becomes even more dangerous, and they 've become really quite dangerous enough at this yeah. point they tested with the, by their claim they tested a hydrogen bomb last September, I and know. they tested last year missiles that could deliver something like that to the United States. so to avoid something where we are once again conned into giving them more time, allowing them more resources, or even giving them american taxpayer funded aid what i 'm saying is. That regime has to change. Either the character of it has to change or the whole thing has to change. And difficult though that may be, that's the reality. There's, there's no way I can see a deal working otherwise. So that sort of needs to be the mission. But and that, whether it start yeah, go ahead. I
0: was going to say, Claudia, this is so insightful. I loved your column. I urge our listeners to go to org and read her column or Wall Street Journal, Only Freedom Can Disarm Kim Claudia, this is, uh, honestly, it's killing me. I have to let you go, but I'll stick with my word one segment. Thank you so very much. I hope to have you back soon.
3: Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
0: Thank Thanks. We'll be right back, folks.
4: America guarantees each eligible adult citizen the right to vote. The Public Interest Legal Foundation, a 501c3 public interest law firm, is dedicated entirely to election integrity, to assuring that voter rolls include names of only citizens eligible to vote, and that protections are in place to prevent voter fraud of all kinds. The Public Interest Legal Foundation discovered that more than 1,000 non-citizens enrolled to vote in Virginia in just eight counties, and in Philadelphia, felons as well as non-citizens are on the voter rolls. Non-citizens have been registering to vote and voting.
2: Help IPI restore liberty and economic growth. Go to IPI.org today. That's IPI.org. One more time, go to IPI.org today.
5: The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. Can you hear us now?
0: And welcome back to America Can We Talk? Honestly, I loved having her on. Claudia Rosette is such a national gem, a national treasure. She spent her life. Uh, studying international, uh, not just sitting in a, in a professor's office somewhere at you know a university, but actually traveling, going to countries, being on the ground during Tiananmen Square in China, being in North Korea, re- reporting on the labor camps. And this is, you know, her points, and I was thinking when she was talking, it was similar to, I don't know when it was, months ago, I think, uh, maybe in January or so, when, when Alan West was on the show, talking about, you know, if President Trump got this uh, negotiation set with Kim Jong Un, he ought to start by sitting down, and saying, "You know what? First uh, item of business is you, Kim Jong Un, can no longer be the leader. You can't be the dictator." And is that is not exactly the message of uh, Claudia Rossette's piece, but it's really it's a she raises these incredibly great points. If you have no internal. Uh, Control, information access, permitted conversation, you know newspapers oversight, you know p- balance of power within your government. you have no other people entity, group organization inside North Korea to hold the dictator to the terms he negotiates then what is the, then what is the point of negotiating and she 's saying you have to start with you have to tell him your totalitarian regime will end you're going to get rid of your surveillance state because it's just it's hideous in that country. You're going to empty your labor camps I and mean, these major things which, you know, I'm, I'm, she is not suggesting that Kim Jong-un is just going to jump the moment he um, gets a chance to talk to President Trump and say, okay, I'll give up on it all. But you know what, it's the same kind of thing with Fred Flights being involved, and he's actually very knowledgeable about North Korea too, but Fred Flights being involved with uh, now National Security Advisor, John Bolton, being his chief of staff, being in the middle of it all. It's it's like President Trump is putting grown ups back into the administration. And this issue with North Korea, you know, to bring the North Korean dictator to the table, Not with terms that say, we'll just give you everything you possibly want, let us pour out the money, recognizing there's no point in offering aid because the guy doesn't care if his people are starving. This is why millions and millions have starved in North Korea. There's just a refreshed uh, uh, embrace of honesty, of honest, you know, recognizing what's happening in the world, what the circumstances are, and dealing with them under President Trump. Um, I don't know what will happen with North Korea. We'll have to wait and see what happens there. But... um, there's a sense that he's just not going to play games with this guy. He's not going to humor him. And I'm just, I, I'm just kind of thrilled for America. We're seeing a, re, a reassertion of America's place as a leader, a demander of truth, a, a leader in the world, a demander of people uh, not being, you know, being treated well. Um, so that's, um, I, I love having Claudia Rossette on. I really urge you to read her column and just think about that whole thing with North Korea. I also want to, at this point in the show, before I um, we get too far. Too close to the end to thank the sponsor of our show. My show is sponsored by GC Works. I couldn't do the show without them. GC Works is a Dallas-based company that performs research in advanced technology and delivers innovative approaches to the oil and gas industry. Just couldn't do them. Well, I always every Sunday end up with more topics than time. And so um, I'm going to try to – I want to hit one that I just cannot let um, – let go uh, i i don't want the show to get by that having mentioned to you there was a decision this week and no doubt you saw it because it made a lot of news and headlines but president trump uh pardoned dinesh d'souza and dinesh d'souza he's been on the show a couple times as his wife has actually too uh dinesh d'souza um is a you know he's an american political commentator he's a former college president but he's he's a documentary filmmaker he's made films um that Are critical of left wing America. He had Obama's America in 2012. These are Dinesh D'Souza's documentary films Obama's America 2012, Hillary's America 2016, America Imagine the World Without Her 2014, Hillary's America The Secret History of the Democratic Party in 2016. And then he's and he's had other, uh, but he's also got many, 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 many books. And one being the big lie exposing the Nazi roots of the American left. My point in laying all these out first is this. Dinesh D'Souza is a very effective commentator bringing the message of what is so evil about leftism to the American people in documentary films that more than the average Joe might go see. People who may not read online news sources, who may not read every story imaginable, but they will go see these films. And films are just a better means of communication for some people. They just make it real for them. Stories about the the, the ideological roots of the left wing of left wing America. Um, he's just—I mean, he, his books include Hillary's America, The Secret History of the Democrat Party, and then even. You know, he was, so I'm going to get to his pardon in a second, but he wrote a book that probably really infuriated the American left because of what the left did to him. But the very quick story, if you don't know it, is Dinesh D'Souza um, in 2014 pled guilty in federal court, acknowledged he did it. He had – it's called straw man political contributions. Federal law has – federal campaign finance law has contribution limits. They basically say any one person or a couple, you can – you're limited in the amount you can donate to federal candidates in every election cycle. You, you can actually make donations during a primary or runoff and in general. But the point is, there are limits. And so in 2014, a friend of his from college or earlier, a friend of his from college was running for U.S. Senate. He made it. He maximized his own donation to her campaign. And then he uh, encouraged two friends To also max out to her campaign, which is fine to do, but then he reimbursed those friends. So he reimbursed them for their donation uh, to this campaign. And that is a violation of federal campaign law. And it's called using a straw man. And so that because it's considered that he exceeded the federal campaign contribution limits. I tell you that story just so you understand the basic facts behind it, because this is uh, not legal, but it's also, uh, I don't think it's rare. Um, it, it shouldn't happen and would never encourage anyone to do it. i would never, you know, say, I mean, you don't violate the law. But the reason this became so egregious and why President Trump pardoned Dinesh D'Souza, I'm going to give you just one example. The same year, the same year. 2014 that Dinesh D'Souza pled guilty to violating the federal campaign finance law, a friend of Hillary Clinton's, a longtime friend of Hillary Clinton's, um, who made um, campaign donations to her campaign, as well as to other prominent Democrat senatorial campaigns, this is also, interestingly, uh, an interesting coincidence, also a gentleman of Indian origin, the country of India, named Sant Singh Chathwal. Chathwal d- did the same exact thing that Dinesha Souza did, except... Two different things. Shotwell did a whole lot more money, more people, more money. He reimbursed more people, more money, more straw man donations. And not just to Hillary's campaign, not just to her presidential campaign in 2008, but to other prominent Democrat senator, senatorial campaigns did the same thing. So numerous violations of the same law, more money, more people involved. And he testified the reason he did it was to buy influence and access. Dinesh D'Souza said, "Yeah, I just did it because she's my friend. I wanted to help her, want her up, win her, win her campaign. So more sinister motive, more money, more people. Chatwal this is Hillary Clinton friend Sant Singh Chotwal, got basically a slap on the wrist. Nothing, small fine, nothing. Compare. I think he may have gotten probation, but Dinesh D'Souza got actual time behind bars." Not a ton of time. I think it was eight months. And it was in a kind of, it sounded like maybe kind of okayish, halfway house kind of thing. But where it was was a place where he could go out in the daytime. He had to be back at night. But he's behind bars with and sleeping in a massive big room all together with truly hardened criminals who've been released from federal prison. We're talking about murderers, rapists, armed robbery, the worst sort of dangerous criminals and he, Dinesh D'Souza, got sentenced. Had to go there and stay overnight for eight months. And on top of that, as true evidence of the just retaliatory motive behind this sentencing, he was sentenced to getting ongoing psychiatric care. The psychiatrist, the expert on this, that you know, had actually called it reported to the court. This guy is fine. He doesn't need counseling. He's perfectly fine. Doesn't need any counseling. But the court, it was just counseling as punishment. Counseling as because I can mock you, I can I can belittle you, I can embarrass you. I can keep you. I keep this on your record that you had psychiatric counseling. So this these two cases just standing alone. The reason I'm telling you the story about them is this is the gut level thinking behind President Trump. Okay, he hasn't talked to me personally. I'm just telling you, this is the kind of thing that the President Trump watched for eight years, the Obama administration do, watch this absolute nasty use of the power of the political, of the federal government to attack your political enemies. This is what the Obama administration did, because all those movies, those books that President, that uh, Dinesh D'Souza did, made Obama... And Hillary Clinton looked bad, and they weren't about to take it sitting down. So, that is why it was a great and right thing that he was had his um, he was pardoned by President Trump this week. Okay, time is racing by. When we come back, we're going to hit Roseanne Barr and B, and also financial news about the country. Don't go away.
6: The right to freedom of speech. To be who you are and to speak your mind is a foundational American value enshrined in the First Amendment to our Constitution. And nowhere is that value more important than on America's college campuses. But too often on our campuses, unpopular political opinions or religious beliefs are met with censorship or even violence instead of honest dialogue and discussion. And Texas colleges are no exception. Schools like the University of Texas at Austin, Sam Houston State University, and the University of North Texas all place burdensome restrictions on free speech. That's why the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, FIRE, fights back against the censors to defend liberty on America's college campuses. Does your college or alma mater uphold our most cherished American value of freedom of speech? Find out by visiting thefire.org and consider lending FIRE your support.
2: Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and, if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit FirstLiberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans, in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's FirstLiberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to firstliberty.org now.
7: Do you dream of a better world? One where poverty and hunger are a thing of the past? What if you could make a real difference in the lives of those most in need? The solution to poverty is not handouts, but hope. The freedom and opportunity to use one's talents and resources for good. At Five Talents, we empower the poor to start their own small businesses. Five Talents works in some of the most difficult places in the world. With $85, you can help a new entrepreneur escape from poverty and build a sustainable business that helps her whole family. Can you think of anywhere else your gift can work that effectively? When you walk with Five Talents, you bring opportunity to those most in need. Join us in demonstrating the greatness of American generosity. Visit fivetalents.org today to learn about the impact you can make. That's 5 5Talents.org. F-I-V-E-talents.org.
8: Our military and veterans have served all of us, defending our nation whenever and wherever duty calls. But at home, when their families need support, they know they can turn to Operation Homefront for help. Operation Homefront provides military families with critical financial assistance, transitional and permanent housing, and family support programs throughout the year to help prevent their short term needs from turning into long term struggles. When you support Operation Homefront, your donation will make a real difference because 92% of their expenditures go directly towards programs that our military families need most. Each year, Operation Homefront serves thousands of military families, families in your community, helping wounded veterans transition to civilian life, helping military families pay overdue bills when their loved ones deploy overseas, and helping them through their short-term struggles. Make a difference today and help serve America's military families. Visit operationhomefront.org. That's operationhomefront.org.
0: And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie George-Addis. I have to tell you, I just love doing this show. I love talking with you every week. In fact, you know, I kind of, you know, my husband and I kind of got to a, very, a great place in our life where, you know, our kids are grown and we're, you know, very active and he's busy with a lot of business kind of things he does. But I really, uh, you know, in, these, in this era where I feel like so much of what America is really supposed to be all about, what America is, means to the world what America means uh, in terms of the development of human history and the, the dedication of a country to preserving individual liberty. I just think uh, there couldn't be a more important time to be involved in the political conversation in America. When I say political conversation, I, as you know, Politics can be kind of ugly, and and sometimes I don't care for that. But the idea of just being involved in the political conversation, in understanding the issues from the perspective, and my perspective is the number one job of elected officials, and frankly, the entire American public, is to preserve this unique, extraordinary, exceptional idea that is America. And that is what my show is always about. I get on to issues of the week and, and you know, People in politics, what they say, what they do, the top issues. But it's always about recognizing how the, this this precious idea of freedom is. It has to be nurtured and protected by everyone. And the idea of the rule of law. It's why the Mueller investigation matters so much because it is either we're going to agree agree that we have a rule of law, we have national uh, law enforcement agencies, we have, uh, we have a government that is, subjects everyone to the same rule of law, Or we're going to let what was clearly a a, just a a grotesque deviancy by the uh, high level officials in the FBI to use the power of the federal government, the law enforcement of the federal government to attack a political enemy, an enemy of the incumbent president, an enemy of the preferred politician in the next election cycle. We, it's, it's a rule of law question. It doesn't matter whether you love or hate Trump, whether you really wish Hillary won, it doesn't matter. What matters is the rule of law. And many, many issues that we talk about in America that go on every day have bigger and larger context to them, bigger and larger impact in America. So I want to hit a couple other stories um, in this r- remaining time, which actually some of the best stories I had. I always have more stories than time, and I just wish somehow I had a magic time machine, um, but I don't. Okay, to start with, I want I guess I want to hit these financial numbers because it's kind of interesting. There was really, really, really big financial news out this week. I mean, the economy is going very, very well. And among the things that were was reported, there were big job numbers out and uh, 3.8 unemployment, uh, which is 3.8% unemployment, which is an 18-year low. Huge. I mean, it's the economy's back. Jobs are here. Okay, 223,000 jobs were added uh, in this in this May financial report. Um, the second quarter GDP growth, and if you think these don't matter, I'm going to tell you in a second why they do, but the second quarter GDP growth, an annualized rate of 4.8%. These are staggering good numbers. 5.9% black unemployment, an all-time low. These numbers have since President Trump came to office in the beginning of 2017. The economy is slowly turning around, and you would think that the economy uh, was either going terribly or else completely irrelevant if you listened to the way the Democrats respond to these numbers. And this again goes back to you know I I'm happy I will as everyone and anyone who listens to the show knows I. Try to always speak up about principles and values, and so I will be. I'm happy to be just as critical of a Republican versus a Democrat if the Republicans are dropping the ball. But the core ideas of the Republican Party, which if they stuck to them, would be great. But the core ideas of the Republican Party are very much the core ideas of the founding of America. The Democrat Party ideas today, and this is uh, just in just. Uh, blossomed or exploded in the last eight years but the democrat party ideas of today are just far wing left far left far left government they are just leftism on steroids and so the idea that the american left cannot be happy cannot say wow that's great about these great economic numbers you really have to ask yourself why and i'm gonna tell you a few of the reasons why because what Donald Trump is proving, what the Republicans are proving with these policies that have been put in place, lowering taxes so people have more money to spend, changing trade policy so that jobs are coming back to America, jobs that were sent overseas are coming back, communities are being restored as families are not living from government handout to government handout, but are actually becoming self-sufficient. The heart the, the heart and soul of America is coming back. This is Makes leftists crazy. Just makes them crazy. Because the truth is, leftism is about government control of your life. It's about government orchestrated economy, government controlled economy. Left wing ideas are always about. In fact, Bernie Sanders, who at least has the honesty on the Democrat side to admit that he's a socialist. Which is really where the Democrat Party, not the every every day, you know, your neighbors and friends who happen to vote Democrat, but the leadership of the Democrat Party, the policymakers, the messengers, messengers and the message makers of the Democrat Party. They are socialist. It's nothing less. So the idea that Donald Trump, and the Republicans are proving that freedom and free markets and entrepreneurship work. They, they can hardly stand it. They cannot acknowledge that this is great news. So Nancy Pelosi had out some nasty snark. Um, she said, uh, "May's job reports shows strong employment. May's job report that shows strong employment numbers mean little. Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. I mean, just you know. And she's. They're all about this Democrat idea they proposed for the fall. Vote for us. We're going to raise your taxes." We're going we're gonna to raise your taxes again. You know, we can't have people holding on to their own money. Uh, we're going to create government jobs. This is Bernie Sanders' big idea recently was that they're going to create jobs. You're employed by the government. Well, there's another name for that, which is just socialism. This is what the Democrat Party is. And so, and you know, the, because they can't think of anything else, even when there is black unemployment, the lowest black unemployment all time in America— and the answer of Don Lemon, as one example, left wing mouthpiece on CNN, um, is essentially to say, um, I can't find the quote. Yeah, employment, the record low unemployment rate for black Americans doesn't mean a thing, so long as black Americans still do not have, do not have full respect during President Donald Trump's presidency. So he's basically saying, all these good things are happening. But I, Don Lemon, I'm going to tell you, I, I swear, he's, what he's trying to do, there's, I'm sorry, I'm going to say this the way I want to say it. Don Don Lemon, Nancy Pelosi, the left-wing cabal, they their ideas are failing. Everyone can see their ideas fail. They don't work. They don't make America great. They make America poor. But since they cannot get that message, they, they can't say what the truth is. They do what Don Lemon did, which is to say, oh, oh, but, but you can't be happy about these great employment numbers because, after all, uh, Donald Trump is a racist. And you know what? I think this message of the left, this endless calling the Republicans, calling Trump, calling anyone who won't agree with them a racist, I think it's finally reached saturation. I think Americans are saying, you know what? We're tired of hearing that, Democrat Party. What are your ideas again? The ideas that have made every major inner, inner city of America full of poverty and poor schools and struggling families. These are the ideas you think we want. I mean, I and I, I think they're just desperate. They can't think of what to talk about because everything is going well in the economy. OK, so, by the way, back to California. I meant to throw one more point in about California. You know, the um, California elected who became later President Reagan, but Governor Reagan, a governor, I meant to look it up before I came here. They elected um, uh, Governor Re- Ronald Reagan, Governor of California. It was either in 64 or 68. I'm sorry, I don't have the date. I meant to look it up. But the point is, you know, it's been like over a generation, but there really are Republicans in California. And they really, if they can get the the non-citizens off the voter rolls, have citizens voting and have California citizens watching the prosperity of Texas and the rest of the country and their state just getting deeper and deeper in debt, taking on just, just this moral idiocy level. Everything is free, don't worry. Free healthcare, free everything, free everything, even if you're an illegal alien. I think, I think the Democrat ideas are even beginning to fall flat in California. Sadly, a lot of people are leaving California. I mean, sadly, because it's usually the conservatives who leave. But I'm telling you, there's one great fact to recognize about California and, and the last election cycle. Do you realize? You know all the talk after 2016 election well Donald Trump won and he won because the electoral college setup but Hillary Clinton won the popular vote you know she got more votes than Donald Trump if you just took California out of the equation just California Donald Trump would have won the popular vote in 2016 by, by 1.4 million votes so Meaning, if California can shift, if Californians can start saying, why are we voting again for this party of big government, you know, divisive, dividing America into racial lines? And, 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 and one of the thing on, on the California election, which is very interesting, they had an Orange County supervisor, this woman, Michelle Steele, uh, on Fox Business this week, and she was pointing out— Back in 2015, when the Californians decided that they were going to create um, this uh, free health care for illegal immigrants under the age of 18. So in 2015, they did that, and they estimated it only cost $182 million a year. Turned out the very first year ended up costing $280 million. She's saying now you have free health care for illegal aliens being proposed for all of them. At a cost of three billion annually, and what will it really be? Who knows? Okay, folks, I'm almost out of time. I'm going to, one more story, but first I want to tell you: if you're enjoying this podcast, come to this Facebook page because if you're listening on radio, thank you. You can also listen on Facebook Live or at, on online at AmericaChemTalk.org. But every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Central Time, I do a podcast. I'm going to hit a couple great stories this week. Can't wait! I hope you'll tune in. But I want to come back and tell you one last thing I want to mention for tonight before are almost out of time. We have a record number of Republicans not running again in the U.S. Congress. A record number. Do not believe the left-wing spin that this has to do with running from Trump. It has a whole a lot of other reasons that I'll tell you about in the podcast on Wednesday. I'm Debbie Georges. America, can we talk? Love talking with you. Come back next week.
5: Thank you for listening to America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. To learn more or to contact Debbie, go to americacanwetalk.org. America Can We Talk. Truth About America.